you surprised us all again by like just making this not nearly as crazy a pick as it seemed. <laughs> like your reaction, everybody's reactions were hilarious. Everybody started laughing, and I'm like, "What? What's so funny?" Welcome to Keep It Fictional, a weekly podcast for book lovers by book lovers. Build your to-be-read list with Sadie, Liz, Virginia, Fiona, and Corrine from the Port Moody Public Library. Warning, this podcast contains strong opinions and may cause an increase in your library holds list. Hello, everyone. Hello. Welcome to another special episode of Keep It Fictional. If you have been tuning in for the last couple of weeks, you will know that we have been doing some special episodes where we all recommend a book to one of the members of our crew. However, it's not just a straight recommendation. That would be too easy. We got to flex. So how it works is we choose a book that we think the other person would not generally pick up off the shelf. It's not what they usually go for. However, there's got to be something in it that we think they will enjoy. We're not trying to, to put them through a horrible time here. You know, we don't want to, <laughs> most of the time, sometimes, you know, <laughs> Uh, we want to challenge them, but ultimately, the goal is to pick something they like so that they choose your book and you are the queen of book recommendations. I was going to say the winner, so you're the winner. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, yeah. right? There's no winners here except for that. Except for the winner. Except for the winner. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Mm-hmm. The regent of recommendations. Oh, good. Mm, thank you. Have, have um, we been keeping track of who's? Yes. Okay. All right. All right. Well, I was going to say, I already have really, a someone else. So, you know, I'm just kind of taking it easy. Yeah. I'm a little still a bit salty about that, but it's fine. <laughs> so, today I am with Sadie and Virginia. And Kareem and Liz is the one who's missing. That is because today is Lizapalooza. So we will be choosing books for Liz. Um, we have already secretly given these books to Liz. So she does not know who they come from. Uh, and she has had the opportunity to read them. However, it was a bad pick. Maybe she didn't read them. <laughs> no pressure. <laughs> All right, so before we get into each of the books, I just wanted to talk uh, a little bit about Liz. <laughs> and I know Liz does not, does not love being the center of attention, but it does warrant it for this, for this episode. So I feel like all of us here can see a book and be like, that is a Liz book. There is a very specific like literary translation that is the Lizest book. If it's Mirakami, you know, that is the Lizest book. However, it was really hard to choose for her because she really will read anything. So finding something that was like, oh yeah, no, no way, she'd never pick that up, was really, really tough. She's not keen on things that are like super popular. 
she pretty much will read any format, but kind of leans towards short stories and novellas. But like she said, she's a very much a mood-based reader. So my first thought was like, I'll go to YA. She never reads YA. Well, the last three things on her like red list were YA. We're not stalking her Goodreads at all. Yeah. <laughs> it's part of the process for sure. And I've also noticed she's got a really like wide degree of formats that she'll read, like ebooks, audiobooks, graphic novels. She's like all of them. She runs the gambit. So I'd love to like hear from the other panelists. What challenges did you find in particular with picking for Liz? I think the mood-based based thing, definitely. Because it even if it's a book that you think is perfect for Liz, maybe she doesn't feel like it. So how do we know? It's like an extra challenge, you know? Like even if it is a book that like she normally would read, maybe she doesn't feel like it. So what does she feel like reading in the last few weeks? I don't know. Right. I think the other thing also is that I feel like it has to be on her own terms. Like she has to pick it. So I love how like when I watch like some of the books that she chooses to read, it's always like things that she discover. Like, you know, if she's getting an advanced copy, it's things that she discovered rather than like someone saying that, oh, this is a great book. You know, this is going to be the hit of the season kind of thing. She definitely doesn't like that. Like you said, Fiona. So it has to be something that she discover herself. I feel like, you know, she's very definitely very open to reading a lot of things but that doesn't mean she doesn't have strong feelings she has very strong feelings but afterwards she's willing to give everything a try and then afterwards she will have very strong feelings but in a very express in a very diplomatic way because Liz is probably one of the most diplomatic person I've ever met so she would never really quite say it but you could tell she has strong feelings about it but she's saying it so nicely then you're like does she like it does she not like it I don't know because she's so nice about it. Can't quite tell. But strong feelings, definitely. <laughs> oh, no, there's a facial expression that she gets when she really didn't like something. She won't, she won't say the word. She'll just kind of go, eh. <laughs> and that little, like, expression of air. Yeah. That one second, you're like, oh, you hated that. You didn't care for that at all. But you have to really listen, listen to, listen for it. Like, eh. That's I think what challenge. I what I struggled with is I feel like we me and me and Liz have very different tastes in books for the most part. Granted, there have there are some crossovers that will happen, and so I think that if I went full Sadie book, I could have found something that Liz would never pick up. But the challenge for me was finding something that Liz would never pick up, but Liz would still enjoy, which I don't know if she would still enjoy the full Sadie books so that was definitely my struggle is kind of finding that that middle ground where okay she's not going to gravitate toward this but she'll still like it because we want her to like it we really I feel like that is what this is all about we really truly do want like Fiona said we want Liz to pick our book. We want to be the winner so bad. <laughs> it's all about that, not about Liz. We just want to win. <laughs> and by winning, Liz will enjoy the book. Liz also wins. Liz exactly. also wins. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, that's what I struggled with. Yeah. I think what you had mentioned, Fiona, that there's a very like Liz book, and I often tease her is that if there is the word emotionally evocative on the cover then it's a Liz book or any variation of like emotionally devastating, heart-wrenching, something that's got like a big um, emotional punch. 
But I think what I'm always impressed by Liz is that she really responds to the quality of writing. So if it is a bad story, but it's kind of like well told and she likes the writing, she will power through it because I think she really responds to quality prose. And so for me, this was really difficult because I wanted to choose a book that was like outside of her wheelhouse that she would like, because I want to impress Liz. I want to impress her. I want her to like my book because I like her, her, um, the stuff that she really, uh, I, I think she has just like really good taste. Liz is a person of exquisite taste. She knows all the best restaurants, all the best places for ice cream, all the best books. And so I wanted to choose something that was of like really outside of her wheelhouse, but maybe something that would still have that, that quality of writing that she would respond to, even if it wasn't a particular genre that I think is her, is her jam. Yeah, and also so, that, like she doesn't have a specific like when you ask her like what is your favorite right like what's your favorite author she doesn't really have a specific one the very few she's totally open to judging the books just you know by the quality of the book so it's not like oh you know like like if this if her one of her authors come over a book she's definitely for sure going to read it I don't think that's how it works for this it's like she'll be she'll stay open minded like you know and and try it out and she just even even some officers she's like before she's like mm, I don't know I'm gonna judge you by the this particular book so she's very much that like she won't like she won't prejudge whereas I think some of us are like oh so and so is coming with your book and it's like you know like we're also excited I don't think that's how it works for this you know she definitely by the quality of the story by the quality of the writing and all that so it's very objective to start with um and and I think that's what makes it tricky because I think Sadie is right like I can totally think of like totally not this book but I know that she won't like it so I'm not going to pick it right like so it's it's tricky mm-hmm. Liz doesn't give a hoot for reputation you have to win her keep winning her exactly yeah. exactly she's going to judge it by that book and not your reputation alone or mm-hmm. what we know she hates buzz she hates buzz yes. okay now that we've like just upped the stakes so much <laughs> let's get into what we actually picked and find out if we just uh you know just put Liz through an excruciating time or whether she actually found something she liked so Corinne you want to start us off today (sighs) I struggled so much I devoted so much brain power to trying to figure this out and immediately after I chose the book I went I, I came home and I was like Oh, you done messed up, Corrine. You done messed up. It's not good enough. It's not good enough. But it's a good book. And that's kind of what I went for. I went for something that I knew was a storyline that Liz is interested in. I went with a genre that I know she doesn't read. And I went for kind of a different format for Liz. So I tried to like good writing primarily and then weird other stuff for her. And I eventually went with Other Words for Home by Jasmine Warga. And this was actually one of my my favorite books when it came out. It is a Newbery Honor book, which means it has the highest quality of writing for children in that particular year. It was the honor, so it is well-recognized as really amazing writing. And it is a book for middle grade, I would say, which is outside of Liz's usual reads. I know she does YA, but she doesn't tend to kind of, you don't find her in the children's section often unless she's helping someone. So I thought I would go there as kind of unfamiliar territory for her. And it is also a novel in verse. 
So it is a narrative story told in little snippets of poetry. So I thought that that would also kind of be outside of Liz's wheelhouse. But Jasmine Warga manages to pack so much punch into each of these poems. And it is definitely emotionally evocative. It is also a wonderfully, uh, a wonderful author, a diverse author, talking about a story of immigration and refugees, which I know Liz is, is very interested in. So I thought that would have enough kind of appeal to draw her into a format and a genre that she's not particularly keen on, but I knew would give a tribe. So it is the story of Jude, who lives in Syria. She lives on kind of a seaside touristy town where her father owns a candy shop. And she goes to school and she loves American movies and she loves speaking in English. She is the best in her entire class at speaking in English. Um, she loves chocolate bars and she loves her family, although she hasn't been able to see a lot of her older brother. Jude knows that something is happening in her country. Her brother at university has been acting more distant, having more arguments with their parents. He's talking about leaving to go join a cause that Jude doesn't really understand. And as the situation becomes more and more volatile in their hometown, Jude's father decides to take a drastic step. Because Jude's mother is pregnant, they are expecting a child, and he knows that it is going to be dangerous for Jude, he decides to send Jude and her mother to the United States without him. This is a really difficult decision for Jude, who is taken away from everything she knows, her hometown, from her best friends, from the food that she loves, the community that she knows, and her beloved family, and sent all the way into, of all places, Cincinnati. It is, to say it is a culture shock is an understatement. Everything is new, including the way that people look at and feel about Jude. She starts going to an American middle school where people treat her differently based on her appearance and have a lot of assumptions about her because she is what they call Middle Eastern and a Muslim. And she has a hard time fitting in. She has been sent to go live with relatives and they don't necessarily understand, understand where she has been and what she has come from. And so her cousin just ignores her, pretends that she doesn't exist. And Jude really has to struggle to find her place in all of this, to find her place at school, to find her place within this new family that she's living in, to kind of find her own voice and to speak up when she needs to. It is emotionally evocative. It is beautiful. It is for sure a little bit of a tearjerker. It is a hopeful book because I think middle grade at its core is, is very hopeful about things, but it doesn't shy away from the difficulties that Jude faces in America and by extension, North America as well. So there is Islamophobia. There is expectations on her because she is a girl. There is conflict between herself and second generation immigrants in Cincinnati. Um, it's a really rich, it's a rich meaty book that's kind of packed into like these beautiful little poems. So I was really hoping that the quality of this book and the beauty of the story would, would appeal to Liz. So that is why I chose Other Words for Home. Can't wait to, to hear what you thought of it. Okay, I'm actually going to butt in line here um, and talk about mine because I have this fear of going last and, and just having it also fresh. So I did something a little bit wild. <laughs> the book I chose was 
Star Wars Resistance Reborn. So this is a tie-in novel and I could not tell you the plot because it's very convoluted and confusing, but it comes between uh, The Last Jedi and uh, The Rise of Skywalker. And it uh, picks up immediately after The Last Jedi. <laughs> okay, so this book is by Rebecca Roanhorse, which is very important information. <laughs> um, Sadie has talked about some of her books, and she is uh, an author of Indigenous and African American descent, and has written some awesome sci fi fantasy novels okay <laughs> so I don't even know where to start to like justify this I have no oh my gosh Corinne has a copy she's holding up uh, the picture which is great I want to hear you explain this because I know <laughs> how much you love Star Wars so please Fiona take it away okay so first let me say that I have no idea how Liz feels about Star Wars but I'm guessing it's either entirely indifferent or believes that it is overrated. <laughs> so why would I choose a Star Wars Resistance Reborn? Excellent question. Let me try to explain. The reason I love Star Wars is because it's actually a lot of the like the tie-in things that I prefer over like the big movies. Some of the graphic novels are really great because behind this whole like good and evil, a lot of the side stories focus on a universe where there is so much injustice and there is so much, so many enslaved people, so many people being taken advantage of. So for me, that's the appeal. For Liz, I was hoping the appeal would be Rebecca Roanhorse. And the novelty of that, because I feel like as a mood-based reader, something that sometimes draws Liz is the novelty, the, the tie in something. I also know that Liz is a big CBC listener and I'm banking a little bit that maybe she heard about or this book through CBC. <laughs> Everyone's giving me the weirdest looks, but there was this great interview with Rebecca Roanhorse about indigenous inspiration in Star Wars. So there's also sorts of like really cool um, stuff about like Leia's hair hairdo is actually inspired by a Hopi um, hairdo, and sort of how how that hasn't always been acknowledged. This book is was really what Rebecca Roanhorse saw as an opportunity, although she was still using existing characters, it's about Poe, it's about Leia, um, to, to really pull in those influences more directly, to create worlds in which that culture and identity is acknowledged. Okay, so I was through in the wild card thinking maybe Liz is just having a wild day and her mood is to be surprising. It wouldn't be surprising if Liz's mood was to be surprising. But where it really fell flat is that I realized I didn't, I didn't read it. I didn't read any of the writing. So I think that Kareen made a great point. Uh, and I think it can be difficult for writers to like write around, you know, a specific plot in a specific world. So I would love to pick it up. Uh, maybe I'll borrow Kareen's copy 
and see how uh, the writing actually is, because there's a chance that I just threw Liz something so random that she hates and maybe isn't even written well. And if that's the case, I can't wait to hear her roast it. <laughs> I am so excited. And I just have to clarify for my fellow Star Wars people out there, it's a prequel to The Rise of Skywalker. I know you are all internally screaming, so it's it's prequel to The Rise of Skywalker. Uh, wild choice, Fiona. Wild choice. One of my favorite thing about these episodes is listening to Fiona talk about the books. <laughs> it has been amazing, Fiona. You just like it. seeing me flounder? Like, ah, what did I do? <sighs> I think it's so great because you are so convinced every single time that no one is ever going to pick the book that you have selected for them. So it'll be interesting. I'm, I'm curious. <laughs> maybe maybe this is the one. Maybe this is the one for Liz. Can you imagine? <laughs> so far, you're, you're batting 50%, Fiona. All right. Let's go to Virginia for a likely more logical choice. Well, I, I'm going to have to say, I feel like I've met like maybe half of this challenge because just like Fiona said earlier, I did immediately went to like, which is the section in the library that she doesn't go into? And I went into YA. But you're right. She has been reading YA. So I'm just like, Liz, come on. Why would you do that? But I, I was convinced that that's not a section that she go visit. So when I went there, so that was like my 50% that I thought maybe. So now it's more like 30% that I have actually met this challenge. Because once I was in there, I'm looking around and I remember a book that I read um, a few years ago and I really like it. And I think like, you know, Liz has already said she doesn't mind things that are messed up. She doesn't mind things that are graphic. She doesn't mind things that are a little extreme. I think she does occasionally read psychological thrillers. So I don't know whether she's in the mood for some like creepy children. So I hope she has been in, in the mood for creepy children because the book that I picked for her is My Sister Rosa by Justine Labalestier. I love this book. <laughs> so messed up so creepy but it's been a while so hopefully it works for this um so this is a story about a 17 year old um, teenager named Che he is kind of tasked with and he kind of tasked himself with this is taking care of his sister Rosa but most of the time when you say you're going to take care of your siblings because like his parents like to move around a lot they have just moved from Australia to oh actually Bangkok and then now to New York so it's a completely new place and it's not good when you're moving your kids around all the time and he kind of knows that and he wants to make sure that you know his sister is good but usually when you're talking about taking care of your sister you want to make sure that you protect your sister from like all the bad things that are happening around you but in this case it's more like protecting the world from his sister because his sister is a psychopath it has met all the criteria for being a psychopath. Even when as a baby, you know, Che will tell you that like, she doesn't know how to express emotions. She learned how to supposed to smile or what is supposed to smile. But Che knows like, you know, that is not Rosa. She's just putting everything on. She is this cute little 10 year old girl. So everybody loves her, but Che knows that she is a psychopath. She does a lot of things that she will only tell Che about and not anyone else, not even the parents. And the parents thought that nothing is wrong and, and they won't really believe Che. But he knows because there's a lot of things that 
she did that she just won't say. Like the first scene that we met, they were on a plane to New York. Rosa has some guy's passport because he, like she didn't like the guy. Like the guy acts funny on the airport and she didn't like him. So she decided to steal his passport and then throw it out of the car. Like that's the kind of things that Rosa does. So we do need to protect the world from Rosa. And he sort of take it upon himself to do so. But he's also a 17 year old moving a new place. He just wants to have a normal life. He wants to get a girlfriend. He wants to be able to continue to do boxing and all that. So how do you protect the world from this creepy child that nobody believes is doing all these things? So it's a very, I feel like it's a very character driven story, even though it has also a really great plot going on. It's got a great voice. I think she has a really good voice. I really like that. There's a little bit of that sort of unreliable narrator because we really don't know what's going on. And I don't know how Liz feels about unreliable narrator. So I don't know, but I think, I think she likes creepy children. So maybe this will work for her. I don't know. Um, it's got a lot of like diverse cast of characters, um, even though the main characters are white, but like they do come across a lot of different diverse characters. Um, so I think she will enjoy that. Um, so yeah, so we'll see. <sighs> she likes creepy children. <laughs> Who doesn't? <laughs> Sadie. Sadie. <laughs> yeah, that's <All> true. Right. <laughs> Let's hear from Sadie. Okay. Um, so as I mentioned earlier, I could have just gone with a straight Sadie book and known that it would be so far out of Liz's wheelhouse. Um, so I would have covered that side, but I didn't really want to do that because I still wanted her to like it. But then I struggled so much to think of something for Liz. So I think that I still just kind of went with a straight Sadie book. So similar to others in this group, I went YA. My mind immediately went YA. And then Liz started popping up all of these YA picks. And <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I know that she'd read YA in the past, but it was not her main go-to. But yes, I feel like lately there have just been quite a few YA books that have that she has been talking about or that she has been reading. Uh, but I did stick with my YA, stick to my guns for YA. And I know that Liz generally likes to read things that are more present based but she will read historical stuff so she did I did pick one that is a historical one I know that she will read mystery but won't usually her her mystery is usually a bit more thriller based than um more kind of structured genre mystery style things so I did go with a bit of a more genre mystery style I'm just going to tell you what it is because I, I just don't know I feel like I'm with Fiona on this one I'm a little bit I don't, I think that it's too far out of her, out of her wheelhouse. Um, so I picked a book called The Clockwork Scarab by Colleen Gleason. So this is the first book of a YA paranormal historical mystery series. <laughs> I loved it. I absolutely love this series. Um, I think there's three or four books in it and it follows two uh, what kind of teen characters we have Eveline Stoker and Mina Holmes. Um, so you might recognize some of those names. Eveline Stoker is the sister of Bram Stoker and Mina Holmes is the niece of Sherlock Holmes. Uh, so they are living in an alternate Victorian London. So it's kind of a steampunk-ish Victorian London. And the story revolves around society, girls, society, women going missing 
and turning up dead. And Irene Adler, who you will know if you know uh, Sherlock, um, she has recruited Nina and Evelyn to look into these disappearances and these murders. Because of their expertise, because of their family connections, Evelyn comes from a long line of vampire hunters. Mina, of course, comes from the family of the famous detective. So it is sort of your typical historical mystery, Victorian mystery, um, with a few odd things thrown into it. Um, there is some random time travel that is in there, which I know Liz did read, This Is How You Lose Time War. So <laughs> she has read time travel books before. Familiar characters. I honestly don't know how she feels about Sherlock Holmes as sort of a, a world that she likes to read about. So she might absolutely hate everything Sherlock. And this book would not probably be the fit for her. But so yeah, so it's a bit more fun. I, I definitely did not fit the emotionally evocative feel to the story. It is it is not emotional. It is not evocative. It is more of a fun, fast-paced, historical, Victorian, paranormal mystery. I am not selling it. I, I feel like, like I said, I absolutely love this series. I like zoomed through all of them when I first read them but I think that it probably fits me more than it might fit Liz, but you never know. As we said, she is a mood-based reader. So maybe she was looking for something a little bit more lighthearted, a little bit funner, funner, more fun. And maybe she picked it up. Thanks. Uh, so something I've been dying to say, and I hope that Liz doesn't mind, um, is that when the Twilight retelling from the point of view of I don't remember what the vampire's name is. Edward. Edward. Edward came out. Liz read it. And I loved this because I thought I had her figured out. Uh, or like, you know, not figured out, but like her books figured out. And then it was just like curveball. Like, so I do feel like she has the potential to enjoy like, like pulpier, like things that are just for fun. And I mean, like, you know, I think we can all agree that that the writing in Twilight is is not, you know, not really up there with, with the general things that Liz reads. So uh, I wanted the world to know that because I think that's amazing. Okay, here's what we're gonna do now. We're gonna hold actually probably more all of us in suspense than anything else. We're gonna bring Liz in. Liz, are you there? Are you ready to come in? Do you wanna come in? <laughs> Everybody, you're so hilarious. This is this is so funny. <laughs> it's also very it's a very strange experience to um, hear what people know about you or think they know about you, and we shall see, won't we? <laughs> yeah, but thanks everybody for taking the time to to you know obviously put a lot of thought into books that I would hopefully like and maybe kind of expand my horizons a bit, so. I'm dying to know Liz's thoughts mm -hmm. on Fiona's pick, though. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Liz, take us through what you thought and which book you, you Did you guess to... them right, Liz? Um, did I guess them right? Um, yeah, you... I had Fiona's pick pegged from the beginning. So that was constant for me. The rest I kept changing my mind about. And then of course you change one and then the other two change. And then I just got very confused at the end. Um, but then once 
Corinne announced her book, then I figured it out. So I'm see, I'm not very good at, <laughs> at the guessing part. Well, that's okay. It all worked out. Um, yeah, so I'll just go in order uh, in which they were presented. So um, Corinne chose Other Words for Home by Jasmine Orga. I did read this book all the way through. I really enjoyed it. It was a very pleasant surprise. Like Corinne was saying, it walks that fine line between being hopeful yet not being too, um, like glossing over too much and about, you know, the atrocities of, you know, families being separated because of the war. Yeah, and it, it was actually emotionally evocative, which really surprised me. There were some points in the story where I was reading and I kind of got emotional and I was like, what? Where is this shelved? Like, what is going on here? So that, that was a very pleasant surprise. It's a book that I wish that, like the type of book that I wish that I had available to me and read when I was a child. Um, so I could see a character that, like myself, and maybe had a similar cultural background, a similar, you know, family history, and to see somebody in that um, situation Owning, owning who she is and not compromising uh, who she is um, while still embracing her new home. So really wish I had something like this. So I'm so happy this is available for kids and even adults. So great job, Corinne. Definitely enjoyed uh, other words for our home. Okay, and now Fiona's book. I feel like everybody's more excited to hear about Fiona's book and their own book. So yeah, when I saw this book in the pile, Star Wars Resistance Reborn by Rebecca Roanhorse, that's a lot of R's. My first thought was, okay, one of these things is not like the other. So that was, it was a surprise. And I did have to, when I saw that this was the journey to Star Wars, the rise of Skywalker, I had to figure out what that meant. And, you know, sort of what happened in the movie before and, you know, what happened with Rise of Skywalker I do enjoy Star Wars. I'm not a hardcore fan, but I, I did watch all the movies when they came out in the theater. So a bit of a fan, casual fan. I have read books that are part of fandoms before, although not a lot. So I've read one for Star Trek The Next Generation going way back. I've read the Leia uh, Princess of Alderaan graphic novel, uh, which I really enjoyed. So good. Yeah, and the, the big draw for this was... This one was definitely that it was written by Rebecca Roanhorse. I haven't read any of her other work before, so and I've been meaning to. So this was a, a different way to get my feet wet with her writing, which I really enjoy. It's nice and snappy. Also, Poe Dameron features prominently on the cover. He's one of my more favorite characters in the sort of newer uh, or that batch of, you know, the Skywalker films. There was literally like maybe one or two mentions of Kylo Ren, which is great because I can't stand that character whatsoever. Sorry, I know Fiona, I know I know he kind of floats your boat. He doesn't, not for me, more of a Poe girl. Uh, so yeah, so I wasn't really sure what to expect. You know, when you have two movies that have come out already and then you've got this one book that's sort of sandwiched in between. But after kind of getting into the whole, you know, language around the Star Wars universe. I really enjoyed it. It's it's like the movies, they have all this buildup, all these descriptions, all these, where are we gonna go now? You know, who's on the ship? And then, then they have the missions and then everything happens in a blur. 
and then they have a party after. So it was like, oh, I like that. Yeah, I, it was a good time, you know, and you kind of know when you're looking into the Star Wars universe that ultimately it's it's there for your entertainment. So yeah, I liked it. Good job, Beyond. I love that you surprised us all again by like just making this not nearly as crazy a pick as it seems. <laughs> like, your reaction, everybody's reactions were hilarious. Everybody started laughing and I'm like, what? What's so funny? Okay, and the next pick, this is Virginia's, and it's My Sister Rosa by Justine Larbalestier. Um, this one, I would have definitely, uh, I would definitely call this more in my wheelhouse. Darker, psychological fiction, you know, sort of kind of international plot twists, like, it, dark and twisty. I'm always up for dark and twisty. So this one, I have not finished. I have started reading it. The writing is very good. The writing quality is very good. Um, the creepy child. I thought I was okay with creepy children. I, I, I think I kind of learned a bit about myself. Yeah, and I was trying to figure out why. What about this particular creepy child story didn't grab me? Was it the timing? Like, am I just not in the mood? Because obviously, the other two books that I've read, they are more of like feel good at the end of it. For this one, I feel like because it's the seventeen-year-old that's been put in this imposing situation um, to take care of this child who's obviously um, trying to trick everybody, literally sounds evil. I think that was what kind of turned me off of it a bit. It's not so much the narrator, the brother Che, I thought his character so far very good, writing very good, but the situation that his parents put him in, terrible parents, the things they've exposed him to and, and his younger sister to and, and expect him to do at just 17 years. Like he literally turned 17 at the beginning of the movie. I thought that is just so horrendous. And why is there, why are they even in this situation? So that, that was a, the implausibility of that kind of was a turnoff for me. Would I continue this book at some point? I think I would if I'm looking for something dark again maybe this is my light my light period I don't know but yeah I do normally like psychological fiction you know like um, Baby Teeth by Zoe Stage is a good creepy child one The Turn of the Key by Ruth Ware a lighter yet still creepy child story uh, was also good so yeah context with like sort of who else is there around the creepy child let's just say that and then this Sadie pick, The Clockwork Scarab by Colleen Gleason. As you can see, I have started this one as well. I have not yet finished it. However, this is definitely, I uh, usually have two, two or three books on the go at any given time. This will continue to be one of them till I finish it. I'm really liking the whole Miss Holmes, Miss Stoker bit uh, in the Victorian era. I do like Egyptology. I really dig steampunk. You'd never know it by the basic way I dress, but I really dig steampunk. Yeah, just that, just that sort of world, um, that kind of Victorian time period I do quite enjoy. I love Murdoch mysteries, so that kind of will tell you that. <laughs> so it's kind of similar. So far, it feels very uh, Murdoch mystery-esque, which I'm like, yeah, yeah, I can, I can roll with this. I have been trying to get into mysteries more and and not just the really like graphic, gruesome, Nordic quality like of 
crime and gore. So um, yeah, so far, so far, so good with this one. So it's a Sadie book and I like it. So thanks everybody. This was, it was fun to try and figure out who picked what and why and, and to, you know, to get a taste for each of them and try different things. Well, I think that you have proven, Liz, just how wide ranging your book tastes are. And, and I think that, uh, yeah, that we, that we might not have thought that we thought we were picking books that were so far out of your, out of your range, but yet they were, they were not as far out as we thought, which is great. Surprise! <laughs> I also love that you immediately knew that the Star Wars one was Fiona. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how. Uh, just had a hunch. <laughs> oh, yeah, and it was Liz that I initially had picked something. Like, I guess that was even more <laughs> wild than that. And I had to change my mind. So, <laughs> probably best for everyone. It all worked out. I think the most important thing that we learned is that Poe Dameron is the best character in the new Star Wars franchise and Kylo Ren is the pits. I have nothing to author to this conversation. <laughs> Someone murders their own father and then still like them. That's, that's a bond. I wish I'd never said that. Speaking of messed up children, yeah, um, Kylo Ren mm. is up there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Maybe there's like a, a creepy child Star Wars prequel in there. Creepy child I mean, what is Kylo Ren but a creepy child all grown up? True. Creepy man child. Okay. Yeah, like I admit it. Anyways, this is little Lizapalooza. Right. Need to end on a Liz fun. note. Yes. <laughs> Thank you so much, Liz. That was that was fun. Just always, always enjoy learning more about you and how wide your reading tastes are. Well, thanks everybody. This has been fun. Can't wait to do it again sometime. <laughs> thanks everyone. And we will see you next week. Bye. Thank you for listening. If you like our show, please tell a fellow book lover about it. You can find a list of all the books we discussed in our show notes. Join us next week for another fun book chat. Until then, keep it fictional. Mm-hmm.